Hey, welcome. You're back. Hopefully you're back. Or maybe you're new. If you're new, hi. Welcome to That One Blank Friend. I'm Sadia Rashid and I'm the host. Um, And we have a wonderful, wonderful guest this week, Christian Anderson. He is an actor. He's a singer. He uh, has evolved into puppeteering, which is what we are going to be talking about today. I'm super excited about that. Um... Have you ever wondered what it is like to fall into a non-traditional career? I think growing up, we all have these ideas of particular careers. Your route is you graduate from high school, you go to college, you get a degree, maybe you get your master's. You know, they're very clear paths. If you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, but what if you're a puppeteer? And so this is why I was really excited to have our guest today, Christian Anderson, on the show. Until I met him, I didn't know anybody that did puppetry. I mean, I think we all know at this point who Jim Henson is. He is the, I think, the goat of puppetry. He put it on the map. I grew up watching The Muppet Show, all the Muppet movies, you know, of course, Sesame Street, which is still going on today. Um, Now that I have a daughter that's three, you know, I've spent the past two years watching a lot of Sesame Street and just seeing how incredible it is to have these puppets now that are really representative of uh, the world today and um, just how, you know, that has been expanded upon in that Sesame Street world, you know. Of course, the ones that we love are still there, all those puppets, but now they have new puppets. And so anyway, I, I grew up on watching it, but my experience, my knowledge of it was pretty much just seeing it on the screen, not knowing anything about it, not knowing anything about how people even fall into that kind of career. And to see someone on the show who has a great love for the art and how that evolved and how they made it into a career, I think is just really inspirational. have to mention that I recorded this with Christian last year. He was uh, the second person I interviewed and uh, we had a great time. Also, I was in, you know, the learning curve of how the microphone works. So it's a little hot. You'll hear me laugh and, you know, it might sound a little too loud because uh, I laugh loud. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, just take note of that. And hopefully um, as the episode progresses, it will be less annoying to you. Uh, yeah, it's a learning curve. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. So also, if you are listening to this podcast with little kids around, children, um, please note there are a few uh, colorful words used. So you might want to use headphones or um, earbuds if you're listening to this interview. Not a lot, but maybe enough for you to use some headphones. So please do that. Uh, And here we go. Here's Christian. So today I have a wonderful, wonderful friend with me, Christian Anderson, who is uh, an incredible actor, singer, and puppeteer, which is what we're mainly going to talk about today. Um, Hi, Christian. Hello, (laughs) Sonia. I caught him as he was like having a taste of coffee. Uh, (laughs) I hope you like that because it's, is it strong? It's, it's. uh, Is it kicking? Yeah, I feel it's good. I like it. It's like an espresso coffee, so. Oh, I Always. like that. Okay, cool. Stronger the better. 
Um, so a little backstory. Uh, the first time I heard about Christian was through uh, my friend Camille, who's now his wife. Um, they have a cute, adorable little daughter who's like four months old She's at this point. Just over four months. For yeah. Coco. Um, but the first time I ever heard of him was she was telling a group of friends that she had just start, started dating this guy. And we were like, oh, what does he do? And she goes, yeah, he plays with puppets. And then she started laughing. <laughs> we were like, is that true? <laughs> yeah. So that was my first intro to you. But I, I find that now, I mean, I find it even funnier because I think most of us, we had no idea what, it meant to be a grown guy playing puppets. <laughs> um, so uh, to her to just kind of like put your career out like that, we're like, well, what does it really do? Um, but that is what, that is essentially what you do. You play with puppets. I play with puppets. Yeah. Um, and you're very good playing with them. And uh, so I kind of want to go back to the beginning because this is one of those type of careers where you just kind of wonder as a child where you get that seed from. Mm -hmm. um, so for you... A little backstory. Okay, you grew up where? I grew up, I mean, primarily in Connecticut, but, uh, all, you know, up and down, like, the East, not up and down the East Coast, but New England area. So my, my parents met in college um, in Boston at Emerson College. My dad was a singer, and my mom was, like, an actor major kind of person. And they got together and kind of just, I don't know, as I understand it, as it was told by my mother, that they got together and um, in sort of a, a singer wanting to become an actor, my dad, and my mother being a director. So that she kind of helped him into the acting thing, which he's still doing now in New York City. Oh, at, is he? Yeah, at like 80 years old. Oh, wow. Not, not as much anymore, right. I don't think. But he still does projects. He's still connected to that world. And uh, a lot of, uh, he's done some tours and things like that over the years, like uh, national tours, but um, a lot of experimental stuff and, and some, a little bit of, you know, college films and stuff like that. <clears throat> and uh, remind me, uh, well, we'll come back to it later. Uh, Frank Langella. Okay. okay Frank plant Langella. that seed. Okay. So remind me about that. Seed planted. Yeah. So they, they met in college and they started to do a lot of, um, you know, theater, musical theater. My mom was into the musical theater a lot. Um, they had me, I'm the oldest of three. So then they had my brother Damien, then they had my brother Ian eventually. But so I grew up um, when they got out of college and started to work at, say, UMass uh, doing a production of Hair. I was a naked baby, you know. So I was kind of raised in this musical theater family. Um, a lot of like uh, regional, I guess, stuff and, and community theater stuff. In Rhode Island, there was a cool theater that I remember kind of being at when I was really young. Then we moved to New York City so my dad could make a go of it. Um, and um, we were there for a little bit as kids with my mom. It, it wasn't going as well as I think my dad had wanted it to. And their marriage was kind of got, you know, wasn't working out like my mother wanted it to. Um, and so my mom left, uh, New York city with me and my brothers in the mid seventies and, um, left my dad there to continue on with his career and, and whatnot. And my, my mom moved to Connecticut where her parents had just moved. So we lived in this town called Madison where my mom got involved in the community, uh, theater group there, the nutmeg players in Madison, Connecticut. And so with my mom doing that and directing a lot of shows and getting into that whole group, we got involved in it. So, uh, you know, they, I remember doing like Fiddler on the Roof and being one of the, you know, the immigrants at the end of the show, if I remember it correctly, they leave their 
their their home of on a take i don't know what it was called they leave their home because of the nazis coming in or something right. so i remember being in the big group scene as one of the the kids of say you know tevia or whoever the other characters as they were leaving and 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 moving on to a so you guys really place. grew up in this world <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah just tons of tons of shows and wherever she could stick us in she would stick us in and then she started to do her own like children's theater thing so she, we would do she we would always do this uh, opening of uh, magic to do from pippin you know would all come out of a box and then we do what are we going to do today as like the the players and we're, we're going to do um the 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 the, the the emperor's clothes, you know, or the king's clothes, you know, look at the king, look at the king, the king, and he's naked. And I don't know what that story is called. But yeah, I just grew up doing a ton of that stuff over and over and over again through my um, my childhood. And then at what part, at what point, rather, did you kind of see, oh, like, this is something else that I could be doing? The Like, at what point did was the seed planted for the idea of, like, puppetry or that type of career was it says because i'm trying to think of the timeline what came yeah first absolutely. as the genre in you know it, it was definitely sesame street and also sid and marty croft had a bunch of shows like uh hr puffin stuff or um land of the lost uh lidsville uh, sigmund and the sea monsters these wacky 70s kind of you would think they were all on drugs coming up with these crazy shows well they probably were they probably, they were, but they probably were. They were yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, somebody was on drugs for sure um but you know you know so i i love that stuff i ate that stuff up and was fascinated and scared too can i swear on this podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. it scared the shit out of me the googly eyes but i couldn't look away you know so i remember when i was like six i wrote a letter to sesame street and i got like a form kind of postcard back saying hey thanks for watching and yeah um, <clears throat> loved Mr. Rogers. There was a show called uh, Villa Alegre too that had a couple of puppets. It was like a Spanish um, kid show. Uh, I just loved anything like crafted and, and manipulated uh, where you couldn't see a person. Um, and so I always thought that I wanted to do that somehow. And being, I mean, I don't. I wanted to. I wanted. I wanted to know how it worked. You know. I guess I don't know. When I, I can think when I was maybe about seven or eight, I was like, I want to work with the Muppets, mm. you know, or Jim Henson specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and that never went away, but I didn't know how to do it, you know, but growing up in Connecticut, and I didn't think about this until later, but UConn, Connecticut, uh, they have a puppetry program where you can get a degree in puppetry. Oh, they do. And I didn't really know that. I, I, when it was time for me to go to college, like, I mean, I was like. I wasn't really in my right mind up through a lot of high school and college. Um, so I guess I wasn't paying attention, but I could have just gone. My aunt went there too, back in the the sixties, maybe late fifties, sixties um, to Yukon, but I didn't put two and two together to go there to get a degree. I went actually to Southern Connecticut state university and I took a class in puppetry and puppet building. And no one ever mentioned that there's this whole program at Yukon. No, but I guess, because I guess I was just like, ever since I was little, I always thought I'm going to be a performer and, acting was what my family did and that's what I did and I so had you thought that was toys, the route. and I thought yeah that's you know that's what I'll do I guess but I always was fascinated with the puppets and somehow wanted to do that um but I just I went the acting route and musical theater route and so when your first big musical theater job was well my was first it? professional big equity job was rent in 96 I got the first national tour well, well, well. Well, well, well. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool, that was fun. That was really fun. I was huge back then because I remember 
when the soundtrack came out and then there were it's kind of like Ham what Hamilton is now where they oh. were auditioning all over the place yeah and I remember because I was at the time I was in college in Austin and I auditioned twice for rent I don't know why because I don't have that type of voice at all but it, I was I was very thank you I was very confident then I was like I can do this and I remember auditioning and then leaving and like I, I, yeah I don't think I'm gonna well, get that's that what they were looking for they were looking for people who weren't like necessarily trained but had great voices and just come in there and be a personality so you would have been yeah. perfect um but yeah I mean that's during that time that was the musical yeah um so how long did you do that well I did that for three years I started in the ensemble then I became Mark on the road. And then Anthony Rapp was in New York and he was like, I want to finish out my career of rent in Chicago where he was from. So I was Mark in Chicago, uh, opened up the show there and I got that phone call and I was like, do I want to switch places? Yeah. So I switched and I made my Broadway debut nice. replacing Anthony Rapp. Then I went back on tour um, and uh, took over the role of Roger. Okay. Then we got to San Francisco where we were going to close out the tour and they were going to bring Daphne Rubin Vega, the original Mimi, to, you know, to play with me. And I thought, and they were like, no, nah, we're going to bring Norbert Leo Butts, who's this great actor. And But then he was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. So they brought in this other guy that she'd been working with in New York. And I went back to my ensemble job and closed out the tour like that. So, and then after that, what was your next gig? Uh, I, well, I got married, moved to LA and I waited tables. And then... A friend of mine uh, who I did rent with passed away and I um, was we were kind of catching up with people like, hey, I just want to let you know that, you know, Carrie passed away. And um, I um, reached out to one of the producers of rent. I was like, hey, man, I just want to let you know, Kevin McCollum. I was like, I want to let you know that, you know, this happened. And we talked about that for a little bit. And then we started to catch up with each other. And uh, he said, hey, what what are you doing right now? Like, what are you working on? I said, well, nothing. He's like, you know, the movie The Full Monty? And I said, yeah. And he's like, well, we're producing. Um, a musical of the full Monty and wondering if you'd uh, want to check it out and be interested in auditioning. I was like, well, okay. So I did that. I auditioned for that, got the role, went to London and got the job like on the spot, which was really cool. Um, and did the first national tour of um, the second reboot of the first national tour of the full Monty went to Japan, went all around the uh, country. It was awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing the full Monty. <clears throat> Where at what's happening with the puppetry now? Well, point? nothing. It's all off to the side, except, so when I was in Rent, I, I was still interested in, in, you know, in the puppets. And I remember I bought a book for this guy named Bart, um, who's since left this this plane. But I bought him a book about uh, Sid and Marty Croft's history. And this was like maybe four years, three or four years before I got the Full Monty. And as I got the Full Monty, and I'm talking to Kevin with this guy, Mike Tadero, who was also in the show, the Full Monty with me, we're like partners in the show. We're having lunch. We're sitting down with Kevin. And Kevin's like, yeah. Well, and we're like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm working on this other thing um, off Broadway called uh, Avenue Q. It's like Sesame Street for adults. And I was like, ooh, that sounds really cool. I've always wanted to be a puppeteer. He's like, yeah, well, you know, you know, keep, you look up, uh, keep, uh, keep your eyes open, keep looking and follow it in the internet or whatever. And it's like, okay, sure. Absolutely. Uh, uh, that sounds really cool. So it was always in the back of my mind. I was aware of this. Not too much. Right. There wasn't a lot of video. Did the tour. Um, finished the tour about a year and a half later and came home. And, and Avenue Q had opened up already on Broadway. It was this big hit. The minute I finished the tour of uh, The Full Monty, I get a call from my agent um, saying, Hey, I know you just got back on tour, but they're putting a tour of The Full Monty, uh, Avenue Q together. Would you be interested? In and I was like, yes. <laughs> so um, I... I uh, I 
I got the audition. Um, I went in uh, in L.A. They were auditioning. They were all, you know, all over the place, but um, New York and L.A. And I went in L.A. because that's where I was. And um, I sang the material. Uh, and then they said, here, put this puppet on. They had like one of those like Christian ministry kind of puppets, you know, <laughs> right? That the store-bought ones. And I, I put one on and I did it. And they were like, are you a puppeteer? And I was like, no, but I've been collecting. Like I had collections of, you know, Bert and Ernie's greatest. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas is my favorite thing that the Muppets have ever done. And I watch it like three, four, five, six times a oh, year. Oh my God. See, that's what you and Brett have in common. He love him and his sister, Stacy. They love that show and they grew up on it and i think it's the most depressing story it's sad. <laughs> it's sad. It is sad it makes me so sad and and the fact that it's like oh really a christmas story it's like how do you feel like you can't like go and jump off a bridge this is <laughs> so sad but i i can see growing up like seeing that how endearing it is also oh, it was just and fascinating it's the miniature homes the the landscape the music Oh my God. It was, I just, I love it so much. Me and my friends would get stoned and watch it and just cry <laughs> every year. So, uh, so I would have all these collections. So I would have all this stuff. And, um, uh, so when they said, after I had the audition, they're like, ah, oh, are you a puppeteer? I was like, no, but I love this shit. I, I you know, I speak this language. Okay. I never really was trained. I just could speak that language sort of more so than like someone who, Oh, Sesame Street, and would put on a puppet, and uh, 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 I paid attention to the mechanics of it. Okay, and and had books too, like oh, the, the, these big, like the Jim Henson book, and there was another book called uh, Unpaved, like the the behind the scenes of of uh, Sesame Street. I was fascinated with this stuff, and also like animatronics and stop motion animation. I was just like, it caught my eye. I was like, how does that work? I get how that works, so mm. I paid attention to that stuff. Okay. So like that. I could kind of translate that to somewhat look okay. If a puppeteer, you know, were to see me, be like, oh, "That's horrible." Um, but then, you fooled them in the audition. I mean, I fooled audi- them in the audition, yeah. right? Okay. Exactly. Thank you. Um, um, so at this point, then you get the job, and they put you in the camp, the puppet. Camp. Well, I get the callback was okay. to go into puppet camp. Okay. Pretty much, you go, you work like all week with like the best prospects uh um you know of, of the la leg of the the casting tour and um then you go to new york so when i when they said you're going to puppet camp i went great i went home and i got a book by the gray seal puppets and it was how to build a foam puppet and i built this foam puppet it was like the green you know half inch foam and i made this giant head i called him Boyd the foam green or the green foam foam green humanoid anyway i put a shirt on him uh because i knew that my puppet that I was going to do was a live hand puppet, which means you've got the hand in the mouth, your right hand in the mouth and the head, and then you use your left hand as the puppet's left hand. So I knew that my characters that I was going for, Nikki and Trekkie, had this and I needed to be the best I could possibly be. So I went to camp, I got there, and there was this guy named Peter Lintz training everyone. Peter was an understudy in, um, in Avenue Q, but he's been a Sesame Street guy forever. He's now the role of Ernie. There was a show called Big Big World, and he was this giant sloth. Um, he uh, the the first of the new Muppet movies, The Muppets. He was Walter. Oh wow! You know, um, he's incredible, and he goes all over the world teaching um, you know people how to put up you know like the German Sesame Street or something like that. So he trains uh, uh, puppeteers to work for the Muppets and that style. Uh, and Avenue Q is very much like that style, except it's very different, you know, because it's you're standing and the puppets right next to you, so on and so forth. Anyway, 
Um, I asked him if that puppet that I built would work. He said yes. And that's what I used. And I practiced and I practiced and I practiced and I practiced in the mirror and I practiced and I practiced. Then I had a couple of like a week before I would go to New York and my friend Trey Ellett and I went to his friend Wilson Cruz, his house and where he was staying. And we just videotaped and critiqued each other, videotaped and critiqued. And I just wouldn't stop if he said, eh, we try this. So then we'd switch around and I would do it. Uh, That's well, dedication. Right oh, there. man, I was I was going to get this damn job. <laughs> I, I mean, Wilson looked at me and was like, oh, well, somebody wants a job. <laughs> yeah. Not going back to those tables. No, hell no. <laughs> but I went to New York. I um, <clears throat> I uh, I had the call back. I killed it. And when I left, Kevin, the guy, the producer, Kevin McCollum, um, who, who I know I knew him for years where he did rent, he did the full Monty and then he was doing this. He called me and said, um, that was amazing. Um, and I guess he pretty much kind of hinted at, I would be coming in to do Rick Lyons vacation. Suck for Peter. Cause Peter thought he was going to do Rick Lyons vacation, but then they thought they were sending me to Vegas. If I got the job, um, I did so well, I guess in, on Rick's vacation, that Rick was the originator of, of the roles that I went in, that um, uh, they're like, okay, okay, great. Rick is going to go to Vegas and you're going to, um, you're going to take over for Rick on Broadway. Like, oh, okay. Which was amazing for me. So, yeah. And I stayed there for uh, about three years. Oh, wow. On and off. That was the first Broadway show I ever saw. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You were incredible. Thank you. Um, okay. So you did that for three years off yeah. and on. On and off for three years. Yeah. After that, then you guys moved. We moved back to uh, California. And at that point, like, I was like, oh, how do these things work? How do you build these things? When I was in the queue, they have these Henson builders, you know, uh, um, well, they're, they're called um, puppet wranglers. So I, I went to um, Jane PN was this one particular um, woman who was, a uh, who is a wrangler. And I, I was like, Hey, could you kind of, show me how these things are built and so she started to teach me and then i started to find some websites like uh projectpuppet.com and um other things where i would learn i had the phone book where i built that firm for that first puppet that i was rehearsing with right. to get the job um and i just started to learn how to build and there were like tutorials online that i could watch and i've been doing that since i left avenue q about 10 11 years ago i just have been doing that so when we came back here i just continued doing that and started building and building and building when you started building the puppets, did you know what you were building for then? I was just building. Just you know, to I just built a, learn. a monster puppet for my daughter, and we did a video of her dancing. I remember that video. It was so cute. Yeah. 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 Um, he has also two uh, older daughters, Ruby and Avery. I do. That yeah. are adorable. Yeah, thank you. Um, and incredible dancers, both of them. Oh, my God. So cute. He just showed me a picture of his little one, Coco. Um, but yeah, he has now three in total daughters that are probably just running the show at this point. I oh, would assume. God. <laughs> yeah. You're surrounded um, by estrogen. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, you were just building and building these puppets just to build, just to create. Yeah. Just to practice, just to learn. And, and, um, and not a bazillion puppets, but, a, you know, a little here, I try this kind of puppet or I try this kind of puppet here. Um, I reconnected with an old friend, um, through Camille, she went to an audition and this guy Sung, Sung Kang, who we used to work at a restaurant together and, uh, he had some success in, um, like the Fast and Furious movies. He's Han in, um, 
in uh, the Tokyo Drift one. Um, and he was connected with this, started out as a blog, and then it turned into the, Google was giving money to these YouTube channels uh, about, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. And they gave one to this particular group uh, called Yam Yam F. You offend me, you offend my family. And it was this Asian centric, I guess. Um, uh, you know, it's like a Justin Lin, it was sung. It was this uh, David Henry Huang, the, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, but I, I, or if I'm saying his whole name at all together, he's this uh, playwright. And um, they gave them money and they had this thing and they needed to come up with like 200 hours of content or something like that. All these channels did. And so Sung and I reconnected and we're talking. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I want to be a puppeteer, man. I want to have a puppet show on TV. And he's like, I'm working with this group. Why don't you and I come up with a, a, a concept for a show? And I was like, okay, great. So we came up with this concept for a, um, a walk around character uh, it's called Cecil, this big orange puppet that uh, Sung had made by this amazing puppet builder out here called Russ Walco. It's got a moving mouth. It's got blinking eyes. It's this big orange suit that I wear. It's awesome. We had we wrote like ten episodes, and almost we 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 wrote like um, outlines for them all, I guess. Um, and then he got a movie, so he's like, I can't do this, but come up with something else and work with my friend Anson, Anson Ho, who was also a part of this Yam MF group. So I pitched an idea of using small puppets. I'd been building these small puppets and I thought that these would be cool. Um, and uh, I pitched this thing to Anson about this um, apartment building. It was based around this guy named Mr. Fu, who was this, you know, uh, Taiwanese landlord superintendent of this building with all these crazy characters. Like there was the crazy musical theater loving gay character. And then there was like this, uh, whacked out of his mind Vietnam vet kind of character who wielded a gun. Then there was this lady who had like a bunch of cats and she was the cat lady. And, and, and they, and then there was this guy named Mr. Moolah who was going to buy the, the building and kick everybody out of their home. So we did this like six episode, eight episode, this stretch of, this really raunchy puppet show on Yom Yom. It got tons of views. It wasn't very good, but it was really fun, you know? <laughs> and it was really cool to see like, wow, you know, this one got like 500,000 views. And wow, that's crazy. Uh, all because of Yom Yom Not because it's like, oh, this was an amazing project. But people were like, what the hell is this? What are we watching? But so I did that. And I was like, wow, I want to do more of that. And I think around that point, that's when you were, you did the Avenue Q was that around that time that you did you built the drag? Was it? Oh right! So I started getting into building, and that's and then like really started to get into building and start to do that, do that as a job. And I got called by this company called Three D Theatricals, and they were doing a production of Avenue Q, and they were going to get um, the original. Uh, my partner from New York, she was in the original Jennifer Barnhart. She was amazing, is amazing. She plays Zoe on Sesame Street now. They were going to get her to come in and kind of direct the puppetry, but she had a conflict with Sesame or something like that. So she recommended me. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. And they're like, why not? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you didn't have a good I enough reason. <laughs> so I got in there and I directed the puppetry, had a great time. Um, the production was awesome. Um, and then Camille was in that production as well. She was, she was. great. She was great. Christmas Eve, so funny. Um, and then that same uh, theater company were doing a, um, a production of Shrek the Musical. It was like the West Coast premiere of or the regional production. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that was cute. Anyway, they, they, they needed a whole puppet package built. I had been teaching uh, Avenue Q style puppetry at this place called Puppet School. 
<laughs> in the valley this guy michael earl who who had worked with jim henson he was on sesame street a while back he too has since passed um but he uh he had a school um where he taught puppetry and he was trying to expand so he had like a, a theatrical puppetry division which i helped them create and then they had a, a professional puppet building um uh division that this guy named derek lux was uh helping them create and um, so Derek and I became friends. And when this opportunity to this puppet project, I said, I'm, I'm going to try and pitch this really cheap, you know, because I mean, they they had a quite a nice budget and they kind of wanted to they, their, their shows look amazing. So they really put money into their shows. But um, I had a great relationship with this guy, TJ Dawson, uh, who um, who runs it. And I went to my friend Derek and I said, what if we kind of pitched us to build this for them? And and um, we got the job. So we had like six weeks, which kind of turned into five and a half, five weeks to build a 35 foot dragon and all these other puppets. And, um, it was, it was the craziest fucking month and a half of my life. It was, it was so fucking hard. Uh, the director was like, I want to come see the puppets. And we're like, okay, we'll get back to you. We never got back to him because we could hardly <laughs> breathe trying to get this shit done so much for two guys to do. So a 35-foot dragon puppeteered by four people, light up eyes that switched color, wings that extended and flapped, wow. uh, a mouth that, you know, moved up and down. It was beautiful, but it was the bane of our existence. <laughs> the thing kept fucking breaking over and over and over again. It was like it broke the day of opening night because one of the um the uh stagehands was pulling it into the um into the uh, um, the stage, you know, the loading door and just smashed like, oh. the wing. So I had to build that like on the spot. Initially we had six weeks, but they it took a while for them to give us the initial payment to go get um, just a couple of days, you know, like oh, a half a week, a week. So we had about five, five and a half weeks to build that, a gingy puppet, uh, like 20 puppets, you know? We focused mostly on the dragon and Gingy, and then there were some other things that we kind of waited to the last minute that were easier, more simple puppets. But our our, our piece de resistance was definitely that dragon. They were doing a, a tech run, and they're they're in the middle of this song, and it's looking amazing. And me and Derek are like, "Yeah, it looks great. We're sitting in the house going, oh, we're gonna fucking rock this thing.'" And then the fucking pole that holds the head just went snap. <laughs> oh goodness! Oh, oh. So we were like the joke of the production. Um, you know, I remember wardrobe was having a problem and TJ was like, hey, are you guys going to be done with the costumes? And like, yeah, we are. But at least we didn't break the dragon. You know, that was kind of the stuff that was being said backstage. Um, but we finally got it done. We always kept our cool. We always had a smile on our, our face, whatever they needed. That The dragon was too fat. And the, the director was like, oh, it's never going to fit. What are we going to do? And I'm like, we'll fix it. And we fixed it, you know, and uh, we just kept our we just kept our smiles on. We worked really hard. We lost tons of sleep. Um, but we got it done. And uh, both Derek and I won uh, an Ovation Honor Award uh, for puppet design. So it, hey. it totally paid off. That was really cool. So now I'm a, an award-winning puppet builder. But going into that, you had no idea. No fucking idea. <laughs> I didn't, we didn't know. I, I drew a picture. And I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. And then Derek and I were like, I don't know how we're going to do this. Great. How are we going to make that come to life? Derek really was like the mastermind of, he was ahead of me for sure. He still is. He, he runs this company called Deluxe uh, Puppets and he builds his own puppets. He does his own shows. Um, well, I'll get back to him because uh, we've got something cooking, but uh, he's just such an artist and he's, he's so, he sits there and he just will stare. Like he would stare into this 
empty foam head of this dragon going, I'm gonna make this work. And he would, he would just come up with the mechanics all with PVC and springs and, and uh, pulleys. And it, I, 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 I never could have done it. And uh, he just was awesome about all the mechanics inside. He really was really masterminded all that stuff. But I think it's great that with that job, you you know, you saying going into it, you had no idea what you were doing, no. but that you guys were so it's it's almost like the the audition that you had for Avenue Q, where you had no idea what you were doing, right. but you had the drive to figure it out. Oh, we're like, yeah. I love this enough. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Like, it's just going to happen. It's yeah. just it has to happen because there's no it's not. Happening. Yeah. 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 Well, when I yeah with Avenue Q, I was like that I'm getting that job. My dad. When he saw Avenue Q, he was like, hey, I just uh, saw your next show. And I was aware of Avenue Q, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I know about this. And I hadn't gone in yet. But then when I saw it, I'm like, that's my next show. I'm getting that job. Um, and the same thing with the Dragon. I, I talked to Derek. I told him, you know, we're going to pitch this, and uh, it'll be a pretty hefty paycheck. Uh, and it was, but it was, you know, lower than than they would have spent if they went with like Michael Curry, who's this amazing puppet builder in New York who built the original Shrek dragon. And I know they were thinking of, you know, they were considering going to him and we didn't do anything along the lines of what he does, but we, uh, we gave them a really good discount. But for us, it was just like, Oh, this is amazing. And it us for a couple of months after. So yeah, there was just like, we're going to do this, right? Right. We're doing it. And there was no not doing it no matter what. So coming out of that experience, what did you feel compelled to do next? Never build a dragon again. No. <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to do my own thing. Okay. You know, I wanted to do another, like, it, the, that puppet show I did for Yam Yam F was called 88 Jade Way. And I wanted to do something like that. I want my own, I still do. I want my own puppet show. So I think the next big thing that happened after that, I would build a little here. I would build a little there. I still had all these puppets from the 88 Jade Way thing that I did for Yam Yam F. And then out of the blue... I got a call from America's Got Talent. And I got that call because TJ, the guy who runs 3D theatricals, um, ha had a woman who was an actor uh, in a lot of his, not a lot of his shows, but some of his shows, show, or maybe she helped him cast. I think she was an actor in a couple of his shows. Uh, and she said, hey, TJ, do you know any puppet people? Because I'm working on America's Got Talent's looking for a puppet act. Because Britain's Got Talent had the specific puppet act called Patsy May, this, this kind of sassy blue puppet who, you know, did musical numbers and, you know, she was really sassy and funny <laughs> and, and uh, big musical numbers. And, and America's Got Talent wanted to kind of do their own version of that. So this woman went to TJ. TJ said, Christian Anderson. She called me or sent me an email or whatever and said, do you have anything? And I was like, uh, so I sent her five ideas. One was Mr. Fu, you know, who, oh, hey, I sing a song with this horrible Asian accent. It was horrible and just would never fly. <laughs> Horrible. They're like, we're just not going to mention that that happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it was so weird. Uh, and then I had like, uh, then there was the 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 very flamboyant gay character who who would sing horribly in musical theater. And then there was like, hey man, this kind of hippie dude who was all into um, what's her uh, uh, Heidi Klum. And there was, and then I think the last one was this little guy named Ira. Hey, you know, my mom thinks I sing pretty good and. Uh, so I'm going to sing this song. And I, I sang, you are so beautiful, Mel B. And uh, just sent that. And immediately they were like, we we love Ira. We want you to come and audition for Ira. Uh, we're going to be in L.A. So you come down and audition at the, um, uh, you know, the convention center. So I did. I sat around there for a little bit. And 
and I kind of had a little bit of a backstory that Ira had a stage mom. And so I went in the room and I did Ira. And then we just talked about possibilities with, you know, his mom pushing him from the sidelines and so on and so forth. Because, you know, America's Got Talent has like, you do the act, but then there's this story behind it. Like, you know, uh, you these these acrobat kids or something who's been raised by a single parent and you know and and so you invest the audience with that and their talent you know so i, I had to kind of make up this stuff which was really fun um to the audition they were like that was great they were laughing we we're having a great time they called me four days later and they said okay we want you you're on the show you're going to be uh in new york in two weeks do you have a puppeteer friend in new york who could play the mom do you have you built the mom yet i'm like nope but I will. <laughs> so I call. So you had four days to build the mom. No, I had about a week and a half. A week and a half. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and uh, maybe two weeks. Uh, and I also called my friend Howie, who I did Avenue Q with, and then we met at New Jersey, uh, the New Jersey Performing Arts Center. And I said, "Here's your puppet." And they're like, "Great, right, Howie, we're going to interview you as Miriam." And we kind of we talked about it. We did a little bit of a backstory, and he just went, and we were just going you know doing the whole interview with oh ira he's my boy he's really sweet he's got a great voice that da, 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 da. then i got to do my thing and i'm really kind of nervous i'm in love with not and my mom says i got a good voice so on and so forth then the next day i guess we we had the performance um and i sang and it was it was crazy it was crazy like we got to stand i got a standing oh it was just me and the puppet holding it up for like six minutes shaking getting so tired but it was like this little guy. I have a big voice. And uh, I think that was the, the joke sort of like. Yeah, I think that was the, the the contrast in the fact that the you built the you built Ira. He's just like this very endearing. Yeah. You know, guy and, you know, kind of nerdy, yeah. kind of simple, um, sweet. And then like your voice comes out and yeah, like sings big, and it's like, yeah. whoa. You know, you, you don't expect it from the yeah. You don't expect guy. it. Yeah. So yeah. So so I sang. You know, you are so beautiful. Uh, the audience loved it. And then uh, you know, Heidi said yes, and Howard Stern said yes, and um, Mel B was like no. But before she said no, she got up and she kissed Ira on the nose. The lipstick is still there. I had to cut a piece of his body to cover it because uh, I couldn't wash it off. But <clears throat> Howie's like, okay, well, you know what. We love romance, so you're on to the judges, you know, the judges uh, round. So I went to the judges round, we right. made it through judges round, and then we made it to uh, two live performances at Radio City with Ira and Miriam. And Miriam got more involved. But the best part about it for me, I thought, was before every performance, which were really fun, I just got bigger and bigger and bigger, um, we did these little films, which were my favorite. And they really, like one of the producers, Justin, I think was his name, he, I don't know, he didn't know what to do with us little puppet guys, but we <laughs> shot this first little initial video in this house. You know, we're all kind of chatting and we're like, oh, so what are you guys going to do next? And uh, Justin goes, we're going to shoot the pilot for your show. So that got me thinking. Hmm. So anyway, we kept doing this whole thing and finished with, uh, we got kicked off the show after the second um, uh, run at uh, Radio City. Got called in to do a show in Rome. I remember uh, yeah. that. What well, was the name of the show? Two CK Valley. Okay. So uh, you have value or something, I guess. I translate something to that effect. So they wanted to recreate my first number at Radio City Music Hall, which was, uh, it's not unusual to be loved by anyone. This boat number, and they recreated the boat. I gave them, the, I designed that set. So I had to redesign it for them, and they built it. It was so cool. 
just to show up in Rome with all these people speaking Italian, some people speaking English, and creating what you what yeah, you envisioned, which and, they saw yeah. from the other side of the world. It was crazy. It was so cool. And then we got to go back. So we did that, and then we went back for the final show. Um, and did I did a number um, volare oh, um, with Ira, which means flying. Volare, I believe, means flying. So I put Ira sitting on a cloud, and you know, and then Camille puppeteered uh, this other puppet, uh, like his love interest, and he went. I designed this other set. It was really cool, and um, that was that was a really cool experience. And then after that, no, after the first time we got engaged. Uh, Camille and I, you got so, engaged yeah. in Rome. Yeah, we had an extra day. I asked for an extra day, so they gave us an extra day, and we walked around, and then uh, I asked her to marry me, and she said, "Yeah." So that was that was what happened with America's Got Down. You ended with the second show in Radio City, and okay. then went to Rome. Went twice to Rome, and then we were done, and then we came back. I auditioned again with that big walk around character I had, Cecil, but they weren't having it, um, which is fine too. Uh, I I did with Cecil, I did do, and we talked about this, and I don't have the clip. They never put it on YouTube. I guess I could get it, but I, I'm pretty bad at follow-up with that stuff. But I did an episode of, uh, of um, Showtime with Apollo with Cecil, yes. right? Fucking Steve Harvey hated me. Uh, did you see it? I did. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't not laugh. No, it's fucking it's, hilarious. It's so funny. It is. Okay, can you, because obviously they, I mean, unless they go on YouTube and find it, they can't see it, but you have to set, you have to set up, if if, if you've never, if, I'm going to try and describe the, the setup for people who've never seen Showtime at the Apollo. Okay. okay, so Showtime at the Apollo is a show, obviously, in Harlem at the Apollo, and uh, the crowd is notorious for being just very blunt I'll, i i will put it nicely like if they love you they love you if they don't you will know it immediately oh yeah so christian steve harvey is the host of this season and then christian s cecil imagine this very large orange character very animated goes on and you sing well, I don't even know if you can say that. Like, so you, you every, I walk down the aisle, all right? I walk down the aisle. I'm in this thing. I've got one hand in the arm of this full body puppet. So you can't see any human at all. It's just this orange creature uh, with this big mouth and this crazy mane and these horns sticking out and this big orange belly and uh, this like kind of Christmassy shirt on, these big orange feet. And I'm walking down the aisle, waving at everybody and people are like, already some lady grabbed my arm you know my dead arm you know and i was like oh and i was shaking my finger at them and you walk up these steps and when you walk up onto the stage of the apollo you have to uh rub this stump right i think i think it's for good luck yes before the theater was built i think there uh in this spot there were um there was like alternative entertainment right back way 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 back in history like i guess all the, the you know uh, where theater was done in midtown was mostly for white people right so black entertainers would go up in this area and i think it was just a park i could totally be making this up right now but there was this tree that there that people used to congregate at and perform you know poetry or or songs or group whatever you know drum circle i don't know but um 
they cut down this tree and built the theater on this spot, the Apollo Theater. And then they have this piece of that tree, the stump that they have on stage. So when you walk up on stage, you have to rub this stump. For like, I'm sorry, you can edit the history of the Apollo Theater. No, that's 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 a. I I actually watching it all those years did not know the history of that stump. I just knew that people rubbed it for good luck. As yes, they went on. I, I could know. be wrong about that, but I think that's kind of there about the history of it. Um. Anyway, so I rubbed the stump, and the minute I rub, there everybody says that they're like all the producers are like be sure to rub the stump or they will hate on you. Um. And I already knew. I'd seen the show before, and I'm like, oh. I know, I don't know, I know about yeah. the stuff. I'm going to rub the stuff. Oh, it's, the, the place is so cool. You go backstage, you see everybody's name. Chaka Khan, you see the Jackson 5, Prince, everybody's name. And, and, and on the on the black painted uh, bricks in like silver, Sharpie, whatever. Oh, it's dripping with history. Anyway, I go down, I walk up, and all right, hear some booze. I rub the stump. There's no mistake about it. And I go to take a step, and I hear, Boo! And I look out in my big dumb costume and I look at Steve and I can see him sort of through the nostrils and the eye uh, holes. And I'm like, hey, they didn't even let me get a word out, Steve. And he's like, well, are you going to do that? Well, no, he made fun of me afterwards, right? Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, what do you do? And I could just tell by the tone in his voice that he was just like, what the fuck are you? And, uh, well, no, I'm Cecil, or I guess we, they called me Gary Jones. The producers wanted to change the name of the puppet. I was like, all right. Gary Jones? Yeah, Why that a, name? He's a plumber. Yeah, and I was fixing pipes, and I'd be singing, and people say, nice pipes. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> oh, wow. What are you going to sing? I'm going to sing a little Marvin Gaye. Probably not the best choice, but it was one of the options that, you know, they they the producers were like, that's the one we want to go with. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go to sing Let's Get It On. I've got these other puppets that I built. It's not puppets, but costumes, sort of, that these backup singers were going to come out. And I can see, you know, the audience sort of, and just all these like hands pointing up and to the left, which means get off the stage, right? And uh, what are they, what's the guy, the Sandman? Oh yeah, Sandman. So this guy comes out with this like candy cane thing, <laughs> jumping all over the stage, you know, kind of prodding me off, and I'm like, oh, and I sulk off stage and. You were so sad walking yeah. off stage. I just hung my head. <laughs> just hung your head yeah. and just walked off of that big I outfit. I go backstage and I kind of leaned against the wall <laughs> with my arm. Um, and you know what? It's one of, I, I think, here's what's so funny about the Apollo is that watching it, I've been watching it since that, that show, Showtime at the Apollo, since like, what, 11, 12. And I feel like certain people they put on there because they know Hell yes. You know, like they just know that the crowd is just gonna boo, and you yes. were—you had nothing to do with your talent. It was just like, all right, if he can make it through this fire, then kudos to him. But most likely, he probably won't because these people aren't gonna give him the time of day. No way. Like it's just that crowd. Yeah. So like, there are lots of people who are super talented that go on the show, and it's like they're like, oh, we don't like the way you look, boo, uh -huh. and then you're off. Yeah. Um. So. So when you came on, I was like, oh, they're not gonna they're not gonna no, 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 <laughs> they're no, not no, gonna no. give him a chance. Even though you sounded incredible Thank you. um in your first couple of notes that you could get out for yeah, yeah. you know like the boo. Three of them. Yeah. But um The band yeah. was incredible. Oh, the rehearsal with those guys was like <gasps> oh, it was incredible. And and you know, when I watched it back, I watched the playback and I saw Steve, the minute I walked into the doors at the back of the house to walk down the aisle. He just is like, oh, God, the mic falls yeah. down from his face and he looks off to the side 
And so he informs the audience, like, exactly. this sucks. Watch what sucks. And they yeah. were going to probably be into it anyway. Yeah, because yeah. if he had said, if he had been like, oh, no, no, give him a, you know, like, him, then they would have given you that chance. But you're right. They were taking his cue off of him. Like, yeah. oh, here we go again. Yeah. And so it's like their, their time to, like, chime in and be like, boo. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't offended and I yeah. wasn't sad for real. It was, I'm like, I, I mean, it was an honor. I mean. So many amazing performers. I think Dave Chappelle might have yeah, gotten I think booed off that booed. stage. Yeah. Warren Hill. Yeah. So I'm in good company. You are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was just, it was, uh, it was awesome. I loved it. So what's been happening lately? Okay, I'm sorry. Actually, before we go there, yeah, we were supposed to go back to Frank Langella. Oh right. Well, yeah, that'll happen. Okay, so I really do this a lot, but I kind of tell long circles, but. This Hara is a Sesame Street writer, and and I, when I was in Avenue Q, I was hanging around with some of those Sesame Street people because I was on stage with Jennifer Barnhart, who was in Sesame, and so I would be kind of included in some of that stuff. And uh, Liz would show up, and we didn't really know each other so well. Um, and I'd be like, hey, how you doing? And we'd kind of get together. So and when I was in Rent in Minnesota, 16-year-old Liz Hara came to see Rent came backstage for the bunch of kids to be like, hey, uh, you know, uh, it's my friend's birthday and was wondering maybe we can get a tour. And, I'm, and it was me who greeted them at the door and said, yeah, come on in. I got the whole cast together or a lot of the cast together to sing happy birthday to Liz's friend. Never thought I would ever see them again. And wow. and so when I got a call from a producer called Life in Pieces, like, well, listen, are you available? Because we're shooting this episode that Liz Horror wrote. And I'm like, this horror was working on the show. She wrote an episode and there was like this uh, puppet segment and uh, they didn't know anything or any, any puppet people. So they were like, all right. Uh, she was like, you got to hire this person, this person, this person, this person. Before that I had gotten involved with this YouTube channel called machinima. And uh, I got, I, they asked me to pitch a show. I pitched this show called uh, good time, good stuff with Barry good. It was all going to be puppets talking about gaming and superhero stuff. And it was all puppets. We shot two episodes and it all fell to shit and nothing ever happened. But um, I pulled Liz in and I was like, hey, you, would you help out? And I, and I got the, I had a budget, so I got to give her a job for a week. And so that was cool. So she, so she was grateful and she remembered that and she gave me this job on my first like real professional, like television puppetry gig on this show, working with like these amazing puppeteers. I had so much fun. That's so crazy. So, so that happened. You first met her when she was 16. When she was 16, like, you know, 20 some odd years before. It's so interesting how it also goes to show as a, as a child, how, or, you know, as a young adult, how that experience obviously had a big effect on her going to see you in Avenue Q, you know, writing, you know, eventually leading to her writing a show around puppetry, you know? Well, yeah, well, she, she just kind of, that was when she, when I met her for the very first time, that was Rent. So that was, that oh, was I'm sorry, easy, Rent, yeah, I Rent, not Avatar 2. Okay. And she found her way to puppetry, you know, and I, I thought, I didn't. On her own. On her own. Okay, sorry, I missed. Yeah, she got like an internship into Sesame Street through college or something like that. You know, this was just something that happened back in the mid 90s, 97 or something in Minnesota. And uh, then through the end of the 90s into the 2000s, she finds herself, you know, uh, as a, a, an artist, a wrangler, you know, for, um, for Sesame Street. Then she befriends all these people there. Joey Mazzarino uh, is a writer, was a writer for Sesame Street, gives her her first opportunity um, uh, to be a, a writer for Sesame. So she writes a little bit here and there. And then as she writes, then she, you know, becomes a writer, moves out to Los Angeles, works on this sitcom hires Joey as well um, 
to work on this episode that I get to work on. And I'm talking with this guy, Tim Legasse, who's an amazing puppeteer, and Joey Mazzarino. We're talking to Joey as we're shooting Life in Pieces. What are you working on, Joey? Oh, Jim Carrey's got this new show called Kidding I'm working on. You know, there's some puppet stuff and whatever. And I was like, well, that sounds cool. And um, I get a job on Kidding. So that's, I just, um, I, I just left a fitting for Kidding. Um, I was going to actually ask that because you were at Sony and I was like, I think it's for Kidding. It is for Kidding. Okay. It was for Kidding, awesome. yeah. And Liz actually got to work on an episode of that as well uh, last season. Um, she's uh, half Japanese and they were looking, there was like this whole thing where they're doing a Japanese version of the puppet show within Kidding. Uh, and uh, so they hired Liz to be a, one of the Japanese puppeteers. So oh, nice. she got to work on that too. You know, and that's also Joey Mazzarino who gave her her first opportunity, you know, um, is working on Kidding as well. It's like a lot of things are uh, coming full circle and yeah. interconnecting now that you have done both. Uh-huh. Which... Do you have a preference? Oh, yeah. I want to do the TV stuff for sure. Um, there's not a lot of, like, I've done Avenue Q. And there's not, like, I don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. You know what I mean? But, like, if I could do, I would like to take, I've written a pilot for Ira. It still needs some more work. But I, I'm i a big fan of that show, Bob's Burgers. Oh, you know? we love that show. That's the best yeah, show. Yeah, it's so awesome. Why couldn't there be a show in that vein, you know, kind of adult, yet not so much kind of crass but very sweet with musical numbers not like showy super numbers but they have music in it you know um why couldn't that be done with all puppets you know what i mean that yeah, kind of a thing it that's could what be. i'd love to do with ira and then you could have like i don't know season and different episodes season after season and it wouldn't be the same thing because you know theater is just like the same thing oh, over and over again and it's awesome at first but then you're just like oh my god i don't want to kill my dad <laughs> i hate to be ungrateful but you know I, but yeah, that's what I'm doing. But anyway, I'm working on Kidding now. Uh, I did season one. I, I did, we shot, I shot three episodes last year, but I was only in two. I'm all in green screen. I have this little fly puppet that flies around and they key me out. So you don't see my body. Just um, see the I just see the puppet. It's really cool how they do it. I'm coming back for the second season. I recorded a song on Monday with a couple of the actors that this amazing guy, Alan Schmuckler, um, wrote. He does all the music. It's just beautiful just brilliant music and i get to do some really cool uh character voices i don't voice my own character jim carrey voices my character but uh every time i go on set to work uh, because of the way the show is set up you've got his real life and then you've got you know he plays sort of a mr rogers-esque right. sort of character um so he's got his real life is kind of falling apart and then he's got this show uh this children's show that's been going on for 30 years in the world. And so every time I go to work on set, I'm working with Jim Carrey. It's pretty cool. He's a nice guy. So a couple questions. Yes, I'm please. just going to throw out some random questions for you at this point. Best moment of your career. Um, best. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, there's, I don't know if I have a best. Um, can I tell like a, can I, can I put two moments together? Oh, One yeah. moment that really sucked. And then the next moment. Oh yeah, better. please. And I might ramble a little bit, but um, I guess that's no surprise at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so I do kidding. I get there and I'm really excited. I want to impress everybody. All these puppeteers I've heard about never got to work with, you know, I've been trying to break into this kind of thing. And, and it's, it's really a close knit kind of, you know, niche market. I, you know, it's really hard to get in and I really wanted to do, do a good job. I'm working with Jim Carrey and I'm also working with Michelle Gondry, who's like this amazing visionary director and I want to be his favorite. You know what I mean? I'm in a green screen suit with a whole like mesh green mask. I'm practically naked. You know, you can tell that I'm, 
you know, circumcised, all that. It's just really just, yeah. It's just, I'm just not happy uh, in this. I've never worked in a green screen suit before. Um, and I've got this puppet. I get there, we do the camera blocking. I'm doing it with everybody. And then they're like, all right, you sit off to the side. Cause I'm, oh, they're gonna shoot me separately. I'm like, oh, okay, great. They do this thing. It's really dramatic. It's really sad that what's happening. You know, Jim is crying. All the other puppets are going up there singing the song. Two and a half hours later, it's my turn. I get up there. They're like, take a long time to get from here to there. I'm like, okay, I take way too long. Michelle Gundry comes down. I was like, no, no, no. I just get right over there and then put the fly on this sign right here. I go to do that. And he's in the back going, no, no. I want all the feet on this little croissant sign. I want all the feet on the croissant. All of them. And I'm like, I, I can't really do it because they're kind of flopping. He comes down and he goes to put the feet on the sign. He's like, ah, shit. And he can't do it. He's not mad at me. He's just kind of frustrated with the situation. But I felt just like horrible. I was just, this is the worst day. I'm never going to be asked back. Jim is all down and like, oh. So I also got, I missed the chance to meet him. I left that day like, oh, I'm never going back. That was horrible. I ruined everything. Oh, Camille had like talking off a ledge. I go back a couple of weeks later and we had this great day where there was a group of us singing and we had to there was one moment where I looked down at my fly and at this book with the fly and I look up and I have to do this kind of flying bit and Michelle is in a great mood Jim is in a great mood and they're both kind of directing me to do this to do that I'm like all right now do what I say do what I say all right now, now do whatever you want to do and I'm like oh, okay boom and they're like oh that was great man and Jim goes oh it was awesome man that was so cool wow and I was like <laughs> so then we shoot the rest of the number and uh, we finish the day and Jim looks at all of us and he goes, this is it, man. This is the this is us doing the thing. It's so great. And he hugs each and every one of us. And it was just awesome. So I was like on this amazing project. I was so happy to be it's such a in. It's such a cool show. And uh, I went from like the worst experience to the next being such a great experience. I think every artist, especially actors, have a lot of that on set where you have that moment of like doubt, like, oh, you know, the moment you don't get the approval, like you automatically think that it's you like, Oh, well, I didn't do something wrong. Right, and right. it could just be the day. Like you said, he just, he just wanted something to happen that didn't happen. And it didn't mean it was your it fault. Had nothing to do, had nothing to do with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like being in the moment, know, I, like, we, oh, I fucked it up. Yeah. So but bad. then you internalize it. But yeah. then also the, the next moment you being back on set and kind of, the idea of like the energy it sounds like it was so high yeah. that day yeah like it also made a difference that jim carrey was in a you know he wasn't Absolutely. doing a sad scene right. you know he was in a better mood and it's like you know when you got to do what you wanted to do you mm -hmm. got to like be a little creative and mm -hmm. try something and it's kind of all of those things came together and created this really great moment yeah and also the idea of like that you are doing what you've been wanting to doing like you yes. broke you broke into this area yes. of puppetry that you've been really working hard to break into and then you're like oh i did it and i'm here and i'm with mm -hmm. jim carrey and yeah. i did the thing no that's great yeah. okay out of the characters that you have created mm -hmm. which character do you relate to the most I think I relate to Ira the okay. most, you know, uh, he, he's more, he's like a, like Ira and his mom, Miriam are kind of like, Miriam is kind of my mom. Ira is kind of my brother, Ian, sort of, but also me, um, Ira for sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I can like, just talk like Ira with my eyes closed. It just feels so natural. <laughs> what are you now coming into it? 
coming from a career primarily being known as a musical theater performer, mm. what do you wish you had known back when you were younger, besides the puppetry program at UConn? That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you think, like if you had to do it again, mm. what would you do? I mean, yeah, I probably would have looked into that program. Uh, I would have probably, I would have started sooner, I think. I'll be 50 in July, you know, and, um, you don't look a day over 42. Thank you very much. I'll take it. You, you really, if, if you're going to work like with the Muppets or whatever, you know, that kind of thing, you really have to kind of work your way into it. And I'm just now working my way into it. You know what I mean? This is my, the second season of my second big professional, like on camera, you know, TV puppet gig. You know, I've, I've, I just auditioned for crank anchors. They're, they're redoing crank anchors. But I'm auditioning against these folks who've been doing this shit for 30, 30, 25 years. You know, these amazing, amazing, amazing artists that I, it's crazy for me to think that I could do it, but I don't know. Somehow I'm, I'm friends with some folks who are like, eh, I'll give you a shot. You know, uh, I also think that it's, you know, at this point, your tenacity, I mean, uh, you've, that's... you've proved, you've, you've proven it. And I would say an almost everything you've gotten that you you're willing to work for it you're yeah, willing to I work for it bad enough, and i think that a lot of people who've been doing it for a long time that aspect of it i, I think that some people take for granted so i wouldn't count yourself out no you know. no i'm not i'm not i'm not done yet but you're right i'm i may be more hungry in a different sense yeah. than they are now more hungry for continued right. work i wouldn't say i necessarily have a puppetry career because at times I do, you know, I'm, I'm working as a puppeteer now, but I haven't been for the past, you know, four or five months, you know. But you've been building, I've right? Been building you've been building. You've been building. You actually have a website now. I do. I do. I yeah, do. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, Pandersonium, www.pandersonium.com, P-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N-I-U-M. That's www.pandersonium.com. You need a puppet? I'll build you one. He will. Yeah. And it'll be amazing. It'll be amazing. And and maybe not too expensive. I mean, it'll take a long time to build, but come on, people. <laughs> he'll give you he'll give you a, a deal. Oh yeah. Just uh just use code word Sadia. <laughs> um one thing I almost forgot before we is Franklin Jella. Yes. Okay, that was that was at the tip of my tongue. Oh it was? Gonna, yeah, okay. I was gonna go back to that. So I'm in kidding. Franklin Jella isn't kidding. When in the seventies, my dad was an actor and he it is it's still, he um, was in a play called the Prince of Hamburg. And he uh, was a soldier. I think he had a, a part. And then um, he understudied Frank Langella, who I believe played the Prince of Hamburg in the show. So I knew about this. I got the job and I, I, not, I would never necessarily be on set with Frank uh, because we don't wouldn't be in the same scenes, but we happened to be shooting something kind of backstage from where, anyway. And I saw him and I was like, oh. I went up and said, Mr. Langella, I just wanted to say that um, my dad worked with you back in uh, the day. Uh, you did the Prince of Hamburg. And he was like, oh, uh, what's your dad's name? Uh, Frank Anderson. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember an Anders Frank. And, oh, yeah, yeah, is he? Is he one? A lot of those people who were on that project because they they did a play and then they did they did a movie of it. Okay. Uh, but my dad understood understudied him in the uh, play, 
And he, he said he remembered my dad. He was very, very nice. He's like, well, please tell him I said hi. He's like, absolutely. I mean, it's a vague memory, but yes, I, I do remember that time. And I think I remember Frank Anderson. Uh, so I told my dad and he was so excited. Um, I live on, uh, like on the base of the valley side of the um, Hollywood Hills. And I, I hike up them, you know, for exercise. I go all the way to just above Mulholland and back down. I'm coming down one day and there's this angry man walking around going, oh, of course. Hey, and he looks at me and he knows, it looks like he knows I live in the neighborhood. He's like, if you see a red VW bug, you let me know. Cause this guy's flying a drone around. I'm like, I, I saw the drone. In fact, uh, there he is, he's down there. And so he and I start walking down this hill and we start, you know, it's like, well, well he asked me what I do. And I'm like, well, my wife is an actor. I'm an actor and a puppeteer. And he's like, yes, kidding. And I'm like, huh? He's like, yeah, I, I'm a, a stand-in for Frank Langella. I'm kidding. I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? That's so crazy. So we walk down the hill. We see the red VW bug. And this guy's like, hey, you're a jerk yelling at me. You're ruining my day. And blah, blah, blah. I got it all on videotape. And so um, he's like, all right, see you later. Great. I'll see you on Saturday. I'll see you around the neighborhood. And uh, he left. And he texts me. We exchange numbers. And he texts me. And he goes, dude. The way he gets Netflix is he gets it like we all used to get it, where you get the the discs mailed to right. you. And um, he's like, dude, you know, you, you don't know what you, you make a list and you got like 20 DVDs that are going to come to you. And then you, you watch when you send it back. You don't know what's coming. One comes to him. He texts me a picture of it. It's the movie of the fucking Prince of Hamburg. It's <gasps> like, I was not even going to watch this. I'm going to watch it now. But the Prince of Hamburg is one the next one on my list, you know, to the in his queue that was mailed to him. So anyway. Oh my god, that's so funny. Gotta mm. love LA. Yeah, it's, it's so, <laughs> so random yeah. <laughs> and specific at yes. the same time. It's like so you meeting him and then running into <laughs> that guy and then you know, him watching the movie version of the play that your dad was in. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> small world. Small world. Well, thank you so much, Christian, for coming today and talking and kind of just giving us a, a little taste of what your uh, life and career has been like. It's been my pleasure. Okay, where else can we, where else can people see what you're doing besides, obviously, your website, Pander? Pandersonium. Pandersonium. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Pandersonium, P-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N-I-U-M dot com is like my puppet building website. Um, I have a Pandersonium or a, what at Pandersonium, right? On Instagram? Instagram at Ira F Bloom on Instagram and at big orange Cecil on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know you had one for him also for I, Cecil. I, I, yeah. It was Gary Jones, but that was like, no, <laughs> like, fuck Gary yeah. Jones. Well, that's a, sorry. That's a stupid name. I like Cecil better. Yeah. Gary, Gary Jones. Jones. <laughs> Eat a D. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that out. <laughs> oh my God. That conversation was so fun to record. I hope you guys enjoyed learning about puppetry and his journey. Just a little update on Christian since it's been a year since we interviewed he has been building puppets. He was on the CBS show Life in Pieces. He just finished season two of Kidding with Jim Carrey. He is also on the MTV show Crank Yankers. Um, I believe he has done two seasons of that show as well. So, I, Christian, I, I think it's safe to say that 
this is your career now. This is your second coming. And that's awesome. He is an extremely talented guy. You know, even in the interview, he totally downplayed how awesome of a singer he is. He's also an actor. I mean, obviously, he's done Broadway, so he's done it all. Um, And to see his career evolve into something that he really, really loves and cherishes, it's been an honor to watch. Um, I want to hear from you guys. Like I said, again, and again, well, this is only second episode, so I've, you've probably heard me only say this once. This is a community. So I love to hear from you guys through email, through Instagram, through Twitter, you know, hit me up. Let me know what you think about this episode, what you think about the show. The greatest way to show your love for this show is, hey, get on iTunes. Give us a five star rating, maybe a review. Tell us what you liked about this episode, what you like about the podcast so far in general, we are also on Spotify. So I'd love to hear from you guys and talk soon. This episode was produced by me, Sadia Rashid, executive produced by Brett Butler. He's awesome. He's my husband. I love him. He is also the sound engineer slash editor uh, slash he does everything else on this podcast. So, um, See you next time or hope to hear from you soon next time. I don't know how to end this. Um...